What's going on and welcome, man. Long time no see, no hear. I know you fans out there have been missing us and we've been missing you, but this is the Rager Show, powered by Orange Weekly. And I'm here riding with my co-host, J-Rock, J-Sizzle, J-Hizzle and the Nizzle. You know what I'm saying? Jared, man, it's so good to see you last week. We got to go to the game last week and, and watch yes. the, the Broncos beat up on the Chargers, man. What's going on, brother? How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Some long travel days with the the holidays, and and obviously it sucks that we haven't been able to do a Rager show. But you know what? We were there live, uh, which was really cool. My first home game, and then we got a couple more games coming up this year. It looks like that both of us are going to be at, so that'll be fun. Yeah, man. And dude, what a yo-yo the Broncos are. You know, we've been we've been missing in action a few weeks for Rangers. We had the bye week. We had a week that we had to miss. We had the we did a live show. So thanks for riding with us and doing all of those things, man. Up and down, left and right. I can't wait to get into you with you today, Jared. See if we can find some gems. And hey, man, they flex us into Sunday night football. You know, if you're around here in the local media, people are saying it's the biggest game in Broncos country since the Super Bowl. Can't wait to break it down with you. But you know what we got to do, man. You know what time it is. Beer 30. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news. So, Jared, man, every each and every week, man, we got some great hookups from our partners, man. What do we got going on this week, brother? Obviously, coming from DraftKings, if you guys have been loving the action-packed, high-scoring NFL games, this latest pick from DraftKings is a no-brainer. If you bet just $1 and uh, if you bet $1 on anybody to score, you pick it. If anybody scores, you bet $1, you get $100 in free bets. It's Woo. that simple. And, and Ray, if you're like me and you don't have sports book in your state, like here in California, we don't. Uh, you could always win huge cash prizes all season long with daily fantasy sports contests from DraftKings. Man, just as Jared said, it's this simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN. Bet $1 on any team to score, and you win $100 in free bets. If they score, you you score with a promo code TPPN this week on DraftKings, official sports betting partner of the NFL. And, of course, make sure you're 21 years or older in a state that has sports betting. Minimum deposit of $5. And, of course, we support here responsible gambling. If you have any issues, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Jared, man, the Broncos. Whooping the Cowboys. I mean, nobody sees that coming. Now, let's we'll pause on the Cowboys win for a second because it looks like in the last two or three weeks, the Cowboys have been a little bit suspect here as they as they sort of had maybe a week or second half of the season in the first half. Come back home. Everybody's excited as can be against Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles, and we get our butts whooped and embarrassed. Then, of right. course, Hurts goes on and gets embarrassed by the New York Giants. We're going to leave that to the side for a second. <laughs> Everybody goes home to think about it for a week. We come back and then we whoop the Chargers. What, like, what the hell is going on with Bron- this Broncos football team? You said it early. Man. It, it is. This is just a roller coaster of a season. And here's the best part about the whole thing. Best part or worst part depends on how you look at it. This isn't just a Bronco problem right now. This is an NFL. Like, like you said, Philly goes and beats us, right. and then they beat they beat somebody else by like I think New Orleans. They destroyed, yep. and then they go and lose to the Giants. It, it just seems like this this season is just so up in the air. And the, the worst part about this for us here uh, at Ragers is that 
it's hard to find consistencies when your totally. team can't be consistent. Totally. And, and did I read some stat yesterday? The team in the NFL with the longest win streak right now is the Miami Dolphins. Oh I man! Think I, I think I read that. I think Miami Dolphins are like I think they're four and zero or five and zero in the last four or five weeks. They're the only team that I think they have the longest win streak. So I think to your point, Jared, who knows what the hell is going to happen? And if right. you want to talk about the tale of two seasons, let's start to, as we think about this week. Um, and Broncos getting flexed into Sunday night football it should be a big game. Winner of this game is number one in the AFC West. The Chiefs have kind of had a tale of two seasons. First four or five weeks. You know, they were, I think, two and three or three and some combination thereof. They were putting up 30 points, but their defense was giving up 40 points a game or something ridiculous. You look at the last four weeks, and basically the Chiefs' offense has done next to nothing. I think they scored three in a game. I think they scored, like, 17 in a game. I think they popped out for 41, but, like, I think they've scored, like, 18 points on average over the last five games. But their defense has only given up, like, 12 points in the last five games. It's like this insane dichotomy that we're seeing with the Chiefs' team. As you're breaking down the Chiefs, what what's the sentiment around Kansas City right now? I mean, right now it's it's is Patrick Mahomes okay? And sure. I think that's what it really comes down to right now. You know, that that offense lives and breathes through Patrick Mahomes, which is normal. Um but what we're seeing is that he's just not doing the things that Patrick Mahomes is is normally doing, escaping the pocket, getting out outside. He's thrown eleven interceptions on the season. Right. Now some of those are his receivers' fault. Some of the receivers are just not helping him. Tip balls, whatever yep, the case, but eleven he's he has mo- almost doubled the amount of interceptions already this year than he had all of last year. So it is it's looking a little rough for Pat Mahomes. But like you said, against in divisional games, and I want to mention this in divisional games, they're still putting up points. They put up forty one against the Raiders. Raiders, yep. Um, and then obviously, so last week they they beat the uh, Cowboys by nineteen to nine. Yeah, right. So right. that was a kind of a low scoring game. Yeah. And they have that dumpster um, fire game against the Green Bay Packers against Jordan Love, right? Don't they? Didn't they win that one like thirteen ten or thirteen to seven? Yep. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh-huh. But divisional games, 41-14 against the Raiders, and then earlier in the season, they put up 30 against the uh, against the uh, Chargers. Yeah. So they're putting up more than 30 points in, in AFC West games, which is a little concerning to me. Yeah, totally. And I, I think uh, what I think I was reading that you know the Chiefs they're five and zero against the NFC, and I think they're two and four, two and five against the against AFC teams. So it's an interesting anecdote that you know are we starting to get Patrick Mahomes figured out? You know, I don't know. I think Patrick Mahomes. I think everybody here agrees. I don't, unless something really crazy happens in this guy's career, he's on the Hall of Fame track. I mean, I mean, I think the oh, guy is, sure. a, is a generational talent. But you're right. His off-script plays, lots of tip balls. Um, it seems like they, you know, they used to be able to score, you know, oodles and oodles of points in a very short amount of time. It doesn't seem like that those huge dynamic plays are in 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 the Kansas City offense right now. What are your concerns, though, about this? And this is the kind of the nugget that we're going to use to kind of bounce today off. They're coming off a bye. To Sunday night football, Andy Reid is, you know, I, I think, you know, probably a top three, top four coach in the NFL, no matter what, and will probably go down as a top ten greatest coach of all time. Is that of a concern for you, them coming off the bye, playing the Broncos Absolutely. on a primetime game? Absolutely. And, and this goes into something that we talked about because as we compare – the teams going into this week, one team is a, you know, 
Andy Reid is is known for his game plans. He's known for just understanding uh, scripts and understanding game plans and coming out and executing, which is what makes a good coach, I think. Uh, you know, Bill Pelichick, uh, Andy Reid, all those guys, they're just super, super good at uh, at game planning and, and yeah. finding out what it is, what the weaknesses of the defense or the weaknesses of an offense and, and taking right. advantage of it. Um, having an extra week to do it? Yeah. Is a little concerning to me, especially us coming off of the uh, the Chargers game. Now we'll see what Fangio does. We we saw a lot of really cool stuff, Ray. And and what something I want to mention here is Fangio last week gave Pat Shermer a, a snap count of how many times he wanted to run the ball. Sure. And Pat yeah. Shermer had to meet that snap count, and he did, and it worked out for us. We controlled the ball on anytime you're playing against a high powered offense. Anybody that can have a quick scoring offense, which the Chargers and the Chiefs both right. are. You have to be able to control the t- control the clock and control the time. So if we can do that, you know we we have a chance. But I'm interested to see what the game plan is going to be, both from the defense and the offense against this b- coming off bye week Andy Reid uh, football team. Right, and you know we're going to pause on the off. We'll get into the matchups here in just a second. Here, I got a question for you though that I don't know. Hope it doesn't ruffle any Broncos country in any any way, shape, or form. The big takeaway for me from the last week was our defense. And let me ask you this. Are we better without Von Miller? I I see I see where the the, the uh feathers are ruffled here. Uh I do. Um it looks like it. And it, it does. And you know, we could kind of say the same thing about the rest of our injuries too. Some of the injuries that we were having were um on the offensive line, I think was a big piece of it too. Our our run game just looked so much smoother. They were playing so much better. Against the I mean I think Joey Bosa only had a couple rushes non-existent, yeah. for the most part, non-existent, especially in the run game. And we were playing with one starter from the beginning of the year <laughs> on that offensive line, which is a huge concern going into the game. So it's, it's interesting to see, are we better without Von Miller on the defensive side? Maybe there's a possibility, but I don't think it's specifically him. I think it's just the team starting to get it together and, and figure it out, which, you know, and here's what I'd like to say too. And, you know, wearing the orange goggles a little bit, yeah. I want to see us coming out of the bye week which we did last week. And then going into our second half of the season, much yeah. better team than we were in the first half. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and just even mention real quickly, without Von Miller, and, and Bradley Chubb is, was non-existent in the Chargers game. Z- zero across the board on the stat line, and although he's right. on the count. It's interesting to see that our defense is getting home with four. Yes. Linebacker play seems to be good. And minus Fuller, the secondary seems to be rocking and rolling right now at this point in time. So, all right, Jerry, you know how it goes. Now we make up segments around here, so – Who's better, me or you? That's the next segment that we have going on here. We're going to start with our matchups on the outside, moving our way in. Wide receiver group looks healthy. Everybody's back. It seems that they're being somewhat productive. You know, seeing Judy, Sutton, and Patrick all out there at the exact same line. You know, now we know that we we know that those three guys are our future here, right? We have them at least for the next three years with George Payton doing getting some work in the bye week. Um, tell me about the Chiefs secondary how we match up and what, what your thoughts are. Where can we exploit the Chiefs secondary this week? So this is actually a good matchup for us uh, only because their secondary really lives and breathes in their safeties. So Tyron Matthew, uh, obviously, you know, the, the honey badger, honey badger. Uh, yeah. playing super well as always. Juan Thornhill is their uh, free safety yeah, back there. Both of them are playing very good deep coverage and they're not giving up a lot of deep balls, which kind of works for our favor because it's not like we throw a lot of deep balls or you know we, we're not connecting on those anyway um the short stuff is pretty good now they're not their number one starting slot corner is out this week which i think okay. is going to be huge for jerry judy and yep. yeah. as we get into the lines i'm sure we're going to start this uh his his line's a little inflated because of it i think um 
So uh, Shavarius Ward on the outside, Legarius Need on the outside. I think we could take advantage of the short stuff. I the big thing for me, coming from a coaching standpoint, when you have matchups like this, you have to get the ball in their hands. Don't try to make the big play. Get yeah. the get them quick slants. Get them quick stops. Get the ball in Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, and Cortland Sutton's hands. Let them make the play after the catch. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that I think that's great, and and we'll see the Lions here in a little bit. It's interesting. I think I think people are having a tough time deciding who our number one wide receiver is right now. I mean, you know, Sutton and Judy. Judy was starting to pull ahead there a little bit, but we see a little bit of a regression in Judy's over under this week, kind of back down a little bit. And Sutton and Judy are right neck and neck, and, and Tim Patrick's ten yards behind both of those guys. Um, it's an interesting, you know, kind of thing to think about here. All right, let's come on to the interior. We get a little healthier, I think, on the offensive line. I think Garrett Bowles comes back, but we lose Calvin Anderson. And Melvin Gordon's going to be out, I believe, this upcoming week. What's going to go yes. on in the run game? What, what do we? What do you see here this week? So there's two. There's two things that are going to happen here. Well, first of all, so like I said, we had one starter, and that was Cushenberry, Cushenberry uh, in the yeah. game last. So we got Bowles back, we got Reisner back, and we got Bobby Massey back, which I think is talking about coming back. Normally, after a bye, you get all of your guys back, right? You get yeah. after your bye, you get everybody you healthy back. Yeah. It, we, we skipped that game. We we're like, you know what? We got another game. And we, I mean, we got those guys back. And when we switch over to the defense, if we talk about defense, we got uh, Kareem Jackson back, which I yeah. think, and Shelby Harris, Shelby Harris, Kareem Jackson on the defense. And then basically our entire offensive line is back, which really makes me feel really good. All, honestly, we have a very good run blocking offensive line. The only concern that I have is right there in the middle for some reason. Uh, the Chiefs pulled Chris Jones out to be a defensive end. It looks like they put him back into the middle, which is a good thing because he's actually very good in that middle of the line. That's my only concern matching up against Cushenberry and minors, you know, the rookie and minors and the second year in yeah. Cushenberry. Uh, Chris Jones is going to be a little bit of an issue, but I think those outside zone runs are very, very good. Their linebackers are not very good at filling the gaps. I see us running the ball uh, again, 33 to 35 times this game. Now to your question about whether it's yeah. uh, going to be Javante Williams being, you know, the Christian McCaffrey, for lack of a better term, you know, our workhorse. Um, I do think we're going to see Mike Boone a little bit. That was a guy that we got off in the, uh, in the off season that I think everybody was really excited, had a little bit of an injury at the beginning of the season. Um, but I definitely see him come back. I don't think it's going to be a 50, 50 split, but you'll see him coming in and giving Javante a little bit of a rest sometimes. Yeah. And the issue when, you know, Vegas is ahead of this, you know, already, you know, we see Javante Williams who has been sitting in the fifties, 45 fifties, you know, which has been, you know, you know, crush worthy. I think Javante Williams is the bell cow and at least the future for the next couple of years. Javante Williams is inflated now to 73 yards over and under for this next wow. week. You know, so it depends. You know, do we do we see um, an 80-20 workload? I think that gives Javante Williams there's some value there potentially. Um, do we see Shermer uh, potentially put Boone in there a little bit more and try to go with the is maybe maybe the question is is Javante Williams explosiveness a result of the 50-50 load and being able to be the change of pace or is Javante Williams just explosive and we just need to hand the ball hand him the ball 25 times on Sunday yeah that's that's a good question I think we're gonna find out uh on Sunday night cool awesome all right um Tom Tom let's talk about these lines let's talk about this game let's talk about the game flow this one this this segment's called how you think this gonna go <laughs> I don't know why my voice changes every time I got every. Segment. It's almost the same accent too, bro. Every, every time, time. <laughs> man, I don't know what's wrong with me, bro. All right, anyway, so let's just let's start with just the prediction of the game. I, I want to hear your thoughts. You know, 
People don't think the Broncos have a chance here. You know, I think they're giving like you know laying nine and a half points. I think right now Kansas City is doing that right now, which would mean if they were playing against Broncos in Mile High, Adam Power Field, it'd be you know six six and a half. They'd be favorites um, the road team. So what what are your thoughts on the game play? What's the strategy? How is this game going to flow? Kind of what we were talking about a little bit earlier. We have to on offense. We have to control the ball. We have to you know slowly but surely work our way down the field. You know, ten yards at a time. All the all the cliches that you can think about uh, saying that's how we have to control this game. And it's the same thing we did against the Chargers. Don't let them have a lot of time on offense. And as you saw in the second half of that Chargers game, once they started getting some first downs and going down, they had more time of possession in the second half. Uh, right. and, and it started getting a little close until the pick six. So yeah. we, we don't that's not what we want. We want to control the clock, we want to control the ball. Um, keep the ball out of the offense and Andy Reid's offense and Patrick Mahomes' uh, hands as much as possible, yeah. and also still get into the end zone. I think that's a big piece of it too. We yeah. can't we can't have these big drives where we stall out on the forty and then have to kick a field goal. It, it's just we can't have that. We got to get in the end zone, and uh, we have to put up at least and and I'm going to call it. I think we have to put up at least 27 points yeah. in order to win this game. Yeah, and you bring up an interesting thing, and I listen. I. I'm going to stay away from the game this week because I can't freaking trust the Broncos in either direction. I feel like when I bet on the Broncos, they lose. And when I bet against them, they lose or they win. (laughs) Um, But I do want to mention really quick, I don't know a lot of folks are talking about this, and I'm not sure if it came up in any of the podcasts this week or any of the shows. Against the the Cowboys, we had two turnovers in the red – two on fourth downs twice in the red zone or near the red zone that didn't result in points for the Cowboys. Also against the Chargers – we had a we had a sort of a positive side here. I think they're at the thirty five yard line. We had a stop on fourth down. We had a, a a missed field goal. The margin of error is so thin right now. You know, yes. some of those turnovers on the other side of the ball. I think the, both of those games could have very easily looked very differently. I don't know that the chart the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are better than both of those teams just in general. Do we get those types of things to fall our way? I, I I just don't know. But I will tell you this, Jared. I think you're getting on to something. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. So I'm, I'm, I'm just sort of you know foreshadowing right now. The over-under is at 47. I, I think it's going to go over 47. I, I think both teams get into the 20s as far as scoring goes. And I, it honestly wouldn't surprise me if the Chiefs got into the 30s. But I think both teams can get up into the 20s as far as scoring goes. And at that point in time, you know, anything can happen. The other thing that I'm – I'm kind of juxtaposing this against here is early in the season, we saw Bridgewater actually have a very high productivity on the passing game, right? couple of games in the two eighties, two nineties, three hundreds. I think, I think, unfortunately, I know we don't want to do it, but Shermer's going to have to throw the damn ball this week, I think is the only way that we're going to be able to get there. So I, you know, one of the things that I really like this week is Teddy Bridgewater's yards. He's sitting at 247 yards. He's proven to be a very efficient passer. He's, you know, I, I think he wants to take some of those shots down the field. I think there's, we have all three of our wide receivers healthy. And I think we're going to be behind a little bit in this game just by the nature of the beast. So that's something I'm just looking at for this week. So thoughts on, on just kind of that kind of thought process there. I mean, that's a, that's a talk about, that's a safe bet. Uh, it really is because honestly, we've, we know Pat Shermer and we can say he's, we, sh- you know, run the ball, Pat, run the ball. But as soon as he gets right. down by a touchdown or even, even, you know, uh, six points, he kind of abandons the run game. He feels like he's got to play from behind, and, and yeah, yeah, he's throwing the ball. And, and you're right, Teddy's pretty accurate. He's, he's very uh, very consistent with the ball if he needs sure. to be um, to be able to get those yards anytime we get the ball, but we have to have the ball. 
And I think that's going to be part of it too. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting. Real quick, let me address this and let's get into the lines. There's this like whole narrative that Pat doesn't want to run the ball, which I think is is somewhat true, right? But what I my beef with the run game is Pat's predictability in the run game. That's my biggest fucking beef is, is you know, Pat will run the ball on first and second down and then throw it on third down. It's run, run, pass, right? Or if it's an incomplete on first down, then he runs the ball immediately on second down. Like he's forcing the run game a little bit more. And it doesn't, the, Pat Shermer's play calling doesn't feel complimentary to me in the nature and the way that I think when we're thinking about run the ball, Pat, what we're talking about is doing that in a complimentary way. I mean, the, right. one of the best play calls of the of the whole game in the Chargers game was the draw play at, in the red zone on third, you know, it was like third, third and, and eight or third and eight. Yeah. I mean, that is like the when you want to run the ball is when you it, it's sort of unpredictable, right? There's sort of a complimentary nature to that. Plus, we don't fucking trust Drew Locke. So, I mean, I totally understood that too. Um, <laughs> anyway, all right. Over, under, left, right. Let's make some money. Okay, that's what the, that's what this that's what this called. one's called. Yeah. Right. Well, sorry, I didn't make my voice didn't change enough for you to know that that was. The yeah, thing. I think I, I think I caught it. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. Okay. Um. All right. Bridgewater, two hundred forty-seven yards. Over, under, one and a half passing touchdowns. That's where Bridgewater's sitting. I think it's a high-scoring game, but I, I think when we look at the first half of the season, Bridgewater proved that he was at like 280, 290, 270. I think two forty-seven is a reasonable number this week. I'm going to take over Bridgewater two forty-seven. How does that feel? That's I, that's about right. Like we said, I think taking him over is a good call. Uh, it's gonna be if, it's, especially if it's a high scoring game. If we feel like that's the way this game is gonna go, there's no way that we don't throw the ball at least thirty times. He's gonna get that. Totally, totally. All right, let's go receivers here. Tell me over or under or how you feel about these numbers here. Cortland Sutton, forty four point five yards. So I was looking at all these lines. We're gonna go all of them. Uh, and if if. I guess the question goes back to if Teddy Bridgewater throws for over 245 yards, who right. is he throwing the ball to? Right, right, who right, catches right. the ball? Now, is he going to spread it out? There's a possibility he spreads it out, but uh, traditionally he kind of has a one guy that goes over 100 yards and then the rest of them have like 20 or 30. Totally. So it really comes down to that mom pop and now uh, uncle, you know, with, with Jerry <laughs> Judy in there, we got the mom and pop and uncle. Which one is going to be the going to yeah. be the lead horse? I, I really don't know. I always I always lean on Tim Patrick. I think Tim Patrick's my guy. Um, but I think Cortland Sutton's been getting a lot more uh, targets lately, and specifically in that Chargers game, it looks like he was getting a lot more of the targets. But it really is any given week, and depends on what defense the chart the Chiefs play. I my bet on the on the wide receivers this week is either Tim Patrick or Jerry Judy. But I know that they've deflated Jerry Judy's yards, so that's kind of a cautionary tale for me. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. You know, I, I think you could take your pick, but I don't know that Sutton's gone over his yardage. I think you're right; he's getting his target, but I don't think he's gone over his yardage in four or five weeks. So I think if you're if you're of the mindset like he's due, I think that that's not a bad thought process. Honestly, you know, as we go through this, Sutton is 44, Jerry, Judy's at 51, Kim Patrick's at 39.5. If you want to get a little froggy this week, and this is probably what I'll end up doing, is I might just take all three. I, I think two out of three go over. I, I just, Absolutely. You know, I, I think when you try to try to guess which two out of the three, and you only place two bets, you might get burned and go 50-50 on your bets for the day. Um, I might take them all, but I agree with you, Jared. I think Judy is the guy that I think is going to explode this week. Just personally, um, you know, he had had a couple of great weeks when he came back, couple down weeks, and I think he's due for that big explosion weeks. And I think Tim Patrick's so reliable uh, that I think it, it's. Um, it, it, I think he's he's a he's a safe bet. No offense. For, for me, real quick on the Jerry Judy again, I want to mention, I mentioned it earlier in the show, 
I want to mention that their their starting slot corner, their big time slot corner, is out for the game, and and it's it's who are they going to put up against as we go into Noah Fant? Those two slot guys and Jerry Judy and Noah Fant. Who are they going to put on the inside against those guys? That is really going to cover a guy like Judy, who's fast, quick with his feet. Uh, and can make uh, guys miss in open space. So that's why I like that line. Then that's probably why it's inflated. (laughs) Yeah, 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 Um, totally. And I actually, in fact, I think when I checked in the Chargers game, I think Judy was at like 60. So I think, you know, it's interesting to see kind of what will happen there, but we'll see kind of how things play out. I think all three of the guys, I like them all. Um, 47 or 44, 51 and 39. You know, I think you add those three up, you got about 125 yards. We think Bridgewater is going to go over 250, so somebody's got to catch the damn ball. Um, and so right. I, think, I think two out of three of those definitely go over, if not all three. Noah Fant, 37.5. You know, I've had a kind of an up-and-down relationship with Noah Fant. <laughs> if you if you followed the show for a while, you know we've made a lot of money on Noah Fant. But, God, that guy, I don't know if he's if he's fading, if he's getting better, if he's getting worse. Thoughts on Noah Fant at 37 yards this week. You know, it used to be anytime he was under 45, we had to take it. That was our that was our goal. And yeah, you're right. The last few weeks, and, and I don't know if it's him or if it's the offensive scheme or what. We're just not targeting him. It doesn't look like we're trying to get him the ball uh, specifically in space, and which is frustrating because it's not like he's doing a very good job in the run run block or the pass block yeah. game. So he's not, he's not a traditional wide receiver. Or traditional he, yeah, he's receiver. he's not a traditional tight end. He's basically a glorified wide receiver. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I would love to say, you know, we, we stick with our guns. If he's under 45, we got to take it. And, yeah. again, we just added up the other three receivers. You know, the, the running backs, I always like taking that because a yeah. screen here or there can get that. We'll get to that in a minute. But um, where is where's the ball going to go? And that's him and Albert O, right? So yeah, those, are, totally. those are your two options. Yeah, and Albert O, I didn't see a line for Albert O. We'll keep an eye on him. I think if Albert O's under 20, you take him no matter what if you're out there um, just because it seems like Albert O does have that, you know, big play capability. I really liked his game a lot. Every game he has like – yeah, it's not like he's getting targeted much, but he gets one or two catches and he's just off to the races or in the end zone somehow. He seems to be a little bit more athletic version of Noah Fant. And I I was a Noah Fant guy, man, and I, you know, bought a jersey. I have a Noah Fant jersey hanging in my closet. It'll be one of those jerseys in about 15 years from now when I show up to Broncos Stadium. People are going to be like, who the fuck was Noah Fant? I'm like, it's probably what's going <laughs> to I hope not. That guy. Yeah. Um, all right, Javante Williams, 20, 72.5 on the rush, 28 yards receiving is where his over-under is. I think the question you know that I'm grappling with, and I'll probably stay away from Javante Williams, probably. Um, who knows? We'll see what happens. Once we get a few libations in you, you know, and the blood gets flowing, and I think – I'll be. I think part of the Orange Weekly crew is going to do a little meetup on Sunday night to watch the game. So we'll see. Anything could happen at that point in time. But the question that I'm grappling with right now, we need predictability. Is Javante Williams so dynamic because he's fresh in the game, or is he just dynamic, period? And he, if he touches the ball 25 times, he's going to be like Derrick Henry going for 143 yards, two touchdowns, and, and dominating the game. I, I think that's the question you got to ask yourself. Jared, what are your just initial thoughts on Javante Williams this week? I, Javante Williams reminds me, and I, and I mentioned earlier, of Christian McCaffrey. Uh, his his speed, his explosiveness, his ability to make people miss, um, and what what happens when he gets the ball in open space. And and Ray, you know this because uh, you're my bookie. Uh, every time I send it, I love taking Javante Williams. I love his receiving yards because I think that anytime we give him a screen or get him out and out in open field, he could be gone. He breaks one tackle from a corner or a safety and he's gone. gone. So I I love that line. Now, as far as the 79, I'm going to stay away from the 79 rushing because, again, I don't know. For all I know, they think that Mike Boone's going to come in and have the same role that Javante Williams did to Melvin Gordon where – 
they they alternate different drives and I, I just can't put my money on that right now uh, because I don't know what Shermer's thought process is <laughs> ever. I think, Jared, I think you brought up a really interesting point earlier on about the way that the offensive line is going. If you like Javante Williams, if you just need to get something on him, his longest rush is sitting right now at 16 yards on the game. So, you know, if he does, he, I, I think that guy's good for a 20 yard run each and every week. I mean, it feels like he is right. You know, so if you're not sure what the workload's going to be, I, I think it'll be a, 70 30 60 probably not quite 50 50 i think you're right on that 70 30 type of a split but i think that the chiefs defense their interior line looks like it is a little susceptible we could probably get one on the outside make something go seal a corner and boom you're gone i think javante williams over 16 and a half yards is a safe bet if you'd like to get some juice on javante williams this week all right jared it's that time of day man if you got any questions or i got any questions it's called questions that's how, you know, that's how you knew it was the name of that segment, man. What do you think of this week, Jared? So here's my question. Uh, we have, and I guess it kind of just goes back to, it's not really a specific sports betting question, but we're looking at um, Patrick Mahomes throwing 11 interceptions. Mm-hmm. Our rookies playing absolutely phenomenal. Uh Justin Simmons looks like he's back in the game. It looks like yes. he's back after a rough first couple game or first half of the season. Our defensive backs are looking really good. Does Pat Mahomes throw an interception against the Denver Broncos? And and in that case, and because I I kind of want to lead this into it, and I, you mentioned it earlier, and I didn't say anything, but when we were talking about how crazy this season has been, remember the Philly game too? Yeah, it just happened to go the other way. We were driving down on the thirty yard line to tie the game. Um, and we throw a pick six, and now all of a sudden it's a oh, we got blown out just yeah. because of one play. Same thing has happened game. to us, you know. Chargers were driving down, we get the pick six from uh, from Pat Pat Sertan, and, and now we're blowing him out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So does that happen? Wh- whether or not that's w- w- the case, it turns into. But do we pick off Pat Mahomes? Boy, I'm gonna throw you a wild card. You ready for the wild card? Yes. Here? I think the answer depends exclusively on Shelby Harris. And I know that that sounds wild to think, hey, what do you mean? Does it matter if it's Shelby Harris, if Pat Mahomes is going to throw an interception? But two things. Number one, Shelby Harris is the best in the league at at getting his hands on the ball from that defensive line. And number two is if we can get that interior push and outside rush. I mean, last week we proved that the outside rush was there. But when you have somebody like Patrick Mahomes, an interior push and an outside rush, that is such a lethal combination. If Shelby Harris is, is back and healthy and playing 100% or as close to 100% as possible, I think Patrick Mahomes does throw an interception this week against his Broncos uh, defense. If the uh, Pat- if, if, if our defensive line and outside linebackers are non-existent in this game. I think Patrick Mahomes could throw for four touchdowns to 350 yards. I think no problem. So I think that's what it all comes down to. If I had to put my money on it though, I think right now, I think when I checked, it's basically even money to, for him to throw a pick or not, which is insane. When we think about Patrick Mahomes, I think it's probably more likely that he does than he does not, because I do not think this chief's team is the chief's team of old. I think this is a, a little bit of a different team this year for sure. I, I, I see your Shelby Harris. Uh, I raise you a – the first time that we saw him was in this Chargers game. We really didn't get to see him. He's been injured all year. Uh, you know, David's guy, he kept talking about He's like, that's my guy. He's been yeah, talking no, about him all offseason. McTelvin yeah. Aguim yes. came in there hot against the Chargers, did a very good job, got yeah. a sack, got a couple of good uh, tackles for yeah. losses. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, maybe maybe he's the, the difference maker that – you know, maybe he's our Shelby Harris of this year sure. where we don't know what he has until he goes in there and now all of a sudden he's just causing havoc on the interior line so yeah. 
You're right. I think, but you're right. I think we need to get pressure with four, and if we don't get pressure with four, there's no way. I mean, the, the reality is the. I mean, the the, the league. You know, Jared, you're a coach. The the league, I, football in general, the offense always has an advantage because the defense is a is a reactionary part of the game, right? You're reacting Absolutely. to the offense, right? So without any, without disrupting timing or with or giving Patrick Mahomes time. It doesn't matter who he's got as a wide receiver. He's an elite quarterback. He's got elite wideouts. He's got an elite tight end. We're never going to win that game. But can we disrupt the reactionary part of that? Then if the answer is yes, then yeah, we absolutely have an advantage. No no doubt in, in, at all. So absolutely. what you got, Jay Rockin? All right, one more. I got. I noticed on our DraftKings Sportsbook app, official sports band partner of the NFL, Fresh from the field, weekly special for this game. Patrick Mahomes and Teddy Bridgewater to combine for over 49 and a half completions. Yes. Now you're paying a little bit of juice on him. It's one, minus 110, but over, over 49. They think that this is going to be aired out and that yes, this game yeah, is yeah. going to be all over the air. 49 complete. I like that a lot. You know, I think um, if we're thinking again about Teddy Bridgewater and his sort of dink and dunk nature, I think I checked his completion over under is like 23, I think right now. So if you think he's going to complete more than 23 passes, which I think is very possible and very typical of Teddy Bridgewater, I think that that certainly could be an option. And you bring up another great point, Jared. This is a fun thing. We haven't been able to do this and we won't know what the lines are till tomorrow, but primetime games always have some additional bonuses and additional promotions that are available through the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So tomorrow, don't forget to check in on the Orange Weekly Twitter page or the Raiders Twitter page. We'll tweet out a couple of the primetime plays that look really great. There's always three or four odds boosts or promos that are available for those primetime games. So I love, you know, that's one advantage of having the Broncos play in primetime this year, baby, is that we can kind of get some extra extra juice going on primetime tonight. So. Yeah. We got to get that boost on Javante Williams' reception yards. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, baby. <laughs> All right, y'all, man. Hey, thanks for riding with us, man. It's been a yo-yo of a season, but guess what? George Payton, I know you listen because every time we talk about something on the show, you change it, so that's good news. <laughs> George Payton, I tip my cap to you, bro. You had a phenomenal draft. I think every single draft pick is playing some meaningful time right now, and you said at the start of the year – Meaningful games in December is literally what you said the goal was for the year. And guess what? It's December and we're not out of it. In fact, we win and we're number one and we control our own destiny. We have a meaningful game on Sunday night. This is pretty damn exciting. It is a pretty damn exciting to be a Broncos fan right now. Absolutely. Love it. Love every second of it. Uh, We'll see you again next week around this time how we're feeling, but I think right now it's super exciting to be. What I really hate too, and again, with the the NFL, just a little bit of a side, the the AFC West is so up for, like, this is literally between first and last place. Like, we lose this, we're in last place. We win it, we're in first place. It's not like we're battling for one and two right now. It's, It's kind of a crazy time in Broncos country, but yeah, it's super exciting. Yes, this is awesome. Well, hey, we love riding with y'all each and every week. We like Bridgewater this week. We think it's going to be an air game a little bit more than maybe fans would like it to be just by the nature of the game. Wide receivers, take them all. They're all going to go over. That's great. And Javante Williams, he's a beast. We love him this week as well, man. Jared, appreciate you, brother. Looking forward to it. Let's make some money. And you know what we do. Go Go Broncos. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news.